Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So, We have finished our first year of the Catapultic Missions podcast, and if you're joining me this time, you realize our episode count has doubled, our audience has expanded, so thank you for joining me. Uh, One of the things that I have made it a mission to is I try to bring back some phenomenal guests that appeared on the earlier versions of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Today's guest falls into that category. Aaron Hazikostas is a CEO, author, career coach, TED speaker, keynote speaker, podcast co-host. She is, the bottom line, amazing. She's a former corporate executive where at the age of 42, she became the CEO of a nine-figure company. And in just three years, she tripled earnings and set employee engagement skyrocketing. Now, when she realized that it was her extreme authenticity that both allowed her to say yes to the job and achieve incredible results, she walked away to start Be Authentic, Inc. Now, we had Aaron on the show earlier last year. We talked about being authentic. We talked about growth. We talked about selling to the C-suite. We dove in deep. But I'm so excited. This episode is launching during the week of one of the most, I would say, anticipated milestones in my relationship with Aaron. She's just launched her new book, and her new book is You... Do you-ish, how to unleash your authentic superpowers to get the career you deserve. Now, some of the things about you do you-ish is it hurls aside the crusty centuries-old career advice that you're likely to hear for way too long. We've all been in that corporate environment, right? Lean in, executive presence, network, blah, blah, blah. Let's just call it. It's BS. This book is going to help you see a better way to get the results you want. We want to grow We just don't want to grow under someone telling us what to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Sales professionals, sales leaders looking to grow. Erin has climbed the highest ranks. She has a book, You Do You-ish. Erin, welcome to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Oh my God, Anthony. So first things first, I have on the docket to do an audiobook version in a couple months. Yes. God, I would love you to do the voice, but I'm I'm guessing people (laughs) want to hear a woman, but... Man, thank you for that introduction. Thanks for having me back. Um, I really appreciate your support. And yeah, I got to figure out how I get you in to help me do like my audiobook or something. You're so great. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, w- I will tell you this much. The audiobook recording is so fun. I did my own and I think everyone deserves to do it one time because no matter how much fun you have, you have the headset on and then you have an audio engineer. I never knew how frustrated I can get. It was like, I heard your breath. 
interrupt me. You didn't say it like you last time. I was like, man, <laughs> can I drink in here? Because we are just going back. You're in my ear every, you know, every few minutes. But it was so much fun. Uh, you know, I would love to help you in any way, capacity. And, I, and congratulations on bringing the audio book. I mean, that really, you know, it's one of those ways people can hear your voice and hear the hear the passion behind this project. So speaking of that, Aaron, how did this project get started? How did you come up with the concept of you do you ish? Walk me a little through the premise behind the book and let's jump in this. Yeah, it's so funny. So, well, first of all, last time we were on um, the podcast, you know, it's amazing. You probably can appreciate this as an author. You know, I had so much to say and almost so much formulated in my head. And then I started to write and I started to have these epiphanies. And so it's not that I took a pivot, but it really brought some clarity. So I do think there's some sort of new epiphanies to share with your group. You know, this book, um, this book was on my heart for a while, but definitely I would say about a year and a half ago. And in fact, I remember talking to my business coach, um, who you probably know, and God bless her. She's always been so supportive, but I think, you know, her general message was like, uh, okay, Aaron, you've got too much, like, <laughs> stop, hold up. You know, you're, you've got the new podcast, you, you know, you've got, uh, you're, the Ted talk stuff was kind of in the works. Um, and I agreed with her. It was just too early. And then, um, in March hit, right. The, the pandemic and the, and the quarantine. And it, it literally felt like this gremlin trying to crawl out of me as, as crazy as that sounds. And I'm, I don't consider myself a writer. I, I was a math major. Like, it's not like, Oh, all my life I've dreamed to read a book, but it was, it was crawling out of me. And you, know, I have to say for me, as much as it was painful, there was tons of pain, right? It, it, it's sort of a roller coaster. Writing this book during the pandemic, which is really what I did, I'm still there, but largely, you know, started kind of end of March, um, was probably the best therapy I had. And because, you know, so this is for me personally, not just getting my message out there, because, you know, we're going through such a long thing. And I'm like this, I, I talk about it in the book, I'm an instant gratification whore. Like, that's why I want, when I have an idea... <laughs> Like literally I want to execute. In fact, I'll give you an example, you know, a week and a half out from the book launch as we're recording this. And yesterday in between meetings, I registered the domain for the name of the next book. I think I'm <laughs> like, I'm just sort of crazy like that. But I, um, you know, and this is, is important for your listeners, you know, to find, you know, everybody's, everybody's got their thing. And for me, having to enter into a process like writing a book, which is inherently long, no two ways about it. I don't care what people say. You can write a book and do like, no, if you're going to do a good book, it's going to take a while. And matching that up against something like the pandemic and sort of this weird life that also is long, which it, it in some ways really, really helped me get through that thinking, okay, obviously I want the pandemic to end, but like in some ways I'm like, give me a little more time, a little less, you know, hockey games to run to and birthday parties to go to so I can do this book. So yeah, it was it was both, you know, the message that I want to deliver was on my heart and mind. And it just, you know, it turned out to be, you know, the best timing ever for me. Well, one, congratulations. And two, you are absolutely correct. I do appreciate uh, that journey of being an author. I mean, I don't think anybody really understands what it's like to put your thoughts in an organized content and then say, this is good enough to be done. Because it's not about, you can get thoughts down and, and you can get ideas down, but to say, hey, this is good enough to be done. It was just a constant, like, I know for me, I was like, 
oh, I don't like the way this sounds. It was just nitpicky, nitpicky, nitpicky. So I, I know that journey, that mental block. And I will say, share with you this. I have uh, interviewed other authors. I have followed multiple authors. Apparently, it's a pretty common theme. So, you know, this you know, Catapulting Commissions was my first book. I believe this is your first book. It's definitely you're not alone. But you do you ish. You yeah. say we're going to unleash your authentic superpowers to get the career you deserve. Now, when I hear that, Aaron, I'm like, okay, yeah, I do want to get the career I deserve. And I want to do it in authentic fashion. I, I, I want to be me. I want to be myself. And as I'm watching corporate America evolve, there is such a thing where sometimes authenticity gets clouded, right? It's such a hot topic right now. So let's start there. How would you define authenticity in the corporate workspace? Yeah, and I think um, I think this is an extremely important place to start because what inherently happens when we hear authenticity, we think, ah, and then we think workplace, and we're like, shit, right? Like these two are like, you know, oil and water. Um, but, the, but the first thing I would say is authenticity actually is not simply about being yourself. It, there is certainly a there is certainly a wonderful permission to be yourself and to go through this life um, not being afraid of what makes you unique and different. But, you know, when I would hear that, you know, part of this journey, it was like, since I've last been on was I had people have that problem. And I thought about my success and the badge that I had been given, you know, that had been sort of told when I retired, like, you know, we're going to miss your authentic leadership. It just came up over and over again. And I thought, but I didn't, I didn't just, it's for me, it wasn't, I wasn't just this la-ti-da, free willing, like act like I was at a pool party at work, right? I knew it was more nuanced. And so, especially as I sat down to do the book and then actually the TED Talk kind of all converged where I was writing that at one point at the same time. And I started to do some research and, you know, the first place I went was the Greek origin. So let's really understand the word, right? Not rocket science here. And the, the Greek origin of the word is authentikos. And authentikos actually means to be genuine, but it also means to be original and authoritative. And so it's like this beautiful intersection of, of being yourself, but also being kind of badass is what I say. Um, you might tend to talk, you know, it's sort of like Joe Exotic has a baby with Kamala Harris, right? It's like a little <laughs> bit of, a little bit of free willing, but a little bit of, you know, and a whole lot of, a whole lot of rant, you know, to yeah. that. Um, so when I, when I saw that, you know, because I had to have that question all the time, they're like, that sounds great, but, that for that gave me permission to say, you know what, I've been right. This is more nuanced and more powerful than people think. And it's not just simply being yourself. And so with that sort of, you know, armor, uh, I went, you know, into, you know, really researching, looking at people that you automatically go, ah, right. You have that exhale moment, like Michelle Obama, right. When you see her, I mean, right. You just go ah, so authentic. And um, what, what is it? And then I also looked at what was it, you know, gave me my success. And ultimately, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but I realized that to write this book, it wasn't going to be enough just to say, Hey, look at me. I was authentic. Here are my success. That's just a tiny part of the book. Most of the book is about you. Like how do you put a framework and a formula to purposely and strategically actually use authenticity as your secret weapon? How do you like semi-consciously start to use that as a way to connect and to get people's attentions and to stand out um, and really to drive their change. So, you know, 
after all of that and swirling it around, um, it all kind of snapped into place. And you know how these processes are. It was really, really messy. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, this is it. If I'm going to teach people, this is what it is. And so I call my framework, the six principles of strategic authenticity. And there's an acronym for it called HUMANS. And HUMANS stands for humility, unexpected, model, adapt, narrate, and spark. And so within each of those components, what I do in the book is really, I try to get you to, to, to get into this mindset that, that it's not a permission. I'm not giving you a permission. I'm actually giving you a weapon, a strategy, a way to stand out and connect. And it, through those six different pillars, I actually talk about how you use those then to create the success. Ooh, I, I like that. And I want to make sure that I didn't miss that. I was trying to write it down and I want my, it's humans, humility, unexpect, model, adapt, narrate, and spark. Is that accurate? Correct. Yep. So that's, so that's our framework here. And we're trying to um, adapt and become a genuine leader. And we, we, you broke it down to the roof, be genuine, be original, be authoritative. So yeah, that badass person is you. So if someone comes in and says, Hey, I want to become this badass person, but I guess, is this an external or an internal feeling? And the reason I say that is a lot of the catapulting commissions family are uh, highly uh, successful sales executives, sales leaders, salespreneurs, where that that level of authority or that level of success that they feel for themselves, I would argue and speculate, it's probably an external feeling. How much mm -hmm. revenue did I produce? How much money did I make, et cetera? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so it's really a, a three-part um, process. You know, first, it's the underlying message is, like, look, I'm giving you permission to do things your own way. That's like what it comes down to. So, the, you know, so the, the first part of the book, um, there's the plant that seed, that it's okay to do things your own way, that it's, you know, it's okay to rewrite the rules. And, you know, I give some business cases for that, right? So I say, it's not just, you know, I want to make sure you don't just think it's good for you, but at the end of the rainbow, here's the business case for it. Here are the results that you'll get. Not not just from me, but actually some some third party studies that that come together and really prove out this business case. Then, second to your point about the internal. So then, what I talk about is, you know, the next thing I would say to your listeners, or as you're thinking about this process, I don't change people. I don't believe in changing people. I believe in changing people's addictions. And, and so when you go through this process of using my framework, which again, are training wheels, right? Because I say, do it your own way. So inherently humans is nothing more than training wheels. Otherwise it'd be a hypocrite, right? Um, so the second part though, before I go and say, okay, I'm not going to change you, but I'm going to get you addicted to this authenticity sort of playbook, if you will. Well, the second thing that we really have to do is is the mindset work. And the analogy I give is, you know, let's say you and your wife uh, found this old bench on the side of the road and you bring it home and you're like, I want to, we want to paint it. We make it fresh and put it on the floor. Well, you can't just go paint that bench, right? You need to sand it down. You need to prime it. And so in the second part of the book, you know, I basically say to you, like, look, before I go, now that I've got you pumped up and ready, like, but before I go and teach you this framework and teach you these experiments, 
that I'm going to teach you around authenticity, I have to, we have to do some priming. And because what's going to happen is you might get excited. You might work, walk into the workplace and guess what's going to happen. You're going to walk into an asshole. But what I, what I say is the most likely, you know, let's be honest. There's a lot of a-holes swimming around the corporate workplace, you know, fishbowl, but probably the first asshole you're going to run into is yourself. And so the second part, we really do a lot of, I call them sucky songs that people sing. That's my, that's my Aaronism for, you know, limiting beliefs. We'll just call mm-hmm. it. But there, you know, I talk about really the five most frequent sucky songs that I've heard as I mentor, as I coach that really hold people back that if we don't prime those and sand them, and, and by the way, sucky songs never go away. I sang them the whole book writing process, right? But what I teach you is how to get over them and rewrite them quicker, right? So some of the songs I started singing in the book, like, yeah, I started singing them, but I got through them and over them quicker because I've gotten used to this, this, this exercise. So, so that's kind of the second part is really um, heading off at the past before we talk about the exciting stuff, like, look, you know, and some of those sucky songs are things like, I can't take the big job. I'm not good at politics, right? I can't run with the big boys and girls because, you know, they're, they're okay with playing politics. I don't play that game. Or, you know, the simple, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough for the job. Um, and so I work through those and really um, help you reframe them and think about them, you know, really in a switch. How do you think about them quite differently? And then in the third part, then to, to your question about, is it mindset? Is it, the human's frame, framework, again, is like, training wheels. And when we think about, because we're talking about authenticity and again, not changing you, it really is just a groundwork to start experimenting. And trust me, when you start experimenting and you start having success, cause you will, it, it just gets you addicted to the next time. So just to give you like a plain example, you know, this is what's great about authenticity, right? So let's say you, you know, you have a quarterly business review you know, sort of management review that you go to every month or quarter. And typically you go through the PowerPoint and the red, yellow, greens and the financials, and you know, all the body books. And, you know, one experiment would be, you know, starting off instead of, you know, being like, okay, Anthony, it's your turn. And be like, okay, first I'm going to go through sales numbers and then I'm going to go through employees. Like, what if you told a story? What if you just had a recent success that was so big, one of your salespeople knocked it out of the park and you said, you know, I'm so sick of getting on these calls and nobody's listening. I'm going to tell a story. And then you just watch. And trust me, people are going to put down the phones. They're going to stop multitasking. Leaders, even those stodgy, stuffy leaders, because this, I mean, that was my experience. My, my, my leader when I was CEO and, and reported up to an SVP was not that open. But I would watch her. And I would see her, you know, crack a smile or not ask me the tough questions you might ask somebody else, or, you know, just so it's really the exercises that I give is really about, you know, doing things your own way. I give you some ideas within those six pillars and and how to use those um, as one formula, and then just start to experiment and get addicted and keep going. Man, there's there's so much, I mean, you, there's so much content here that I want to piggyback on. I mean, I love the sucky song content. I mean, the, the concept, right? I'm sure we've all sang them. And, and you said one that just, that hits a hot spot for me. It hits a hot spot for some of my listeners who I know personally, I'm not good at corporate politics. 
And I'm saying that as a statement, but let me rephrase it. I, Anthony Garcia, am also not good at corporate politics. Like I, I have seen that that take place, and I I would be lying on air. And I'm not going to do that to say I've never said that. Like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be at that next level because I don't play this corporate politic game. Like, let's just talk. How do you get somebody specifically with that objection or that sucky song we're singing? How do we go over that? Yeah, I think you have to divorce the concept of um, corporate politics with, with, with sucky people. So mm. the, the mindset shift that I say, that the, the, the through line, really the, the core of what politics actually is, is about connections. It's about, you know, when a new leader comes into the company, I learned pretty quickly, you know, if they were at a senior level and my organization, like especially in finance area, because we did a lot, you know, we were a financial healthcare arm. I remember, I remember the day we had a new chief accounting officer and I think she was over internal audit. We were like internal audited all the time. And, you know, just things like I set up a meeting with her and I, I remember sitting with her and I literally said, Hey, I don't have a big agenda. I just want to make sure we meet because it's a lot more fun to meet before shit hits the fan, right? Like, just tell it like it is, right? Like, you know that, like, make you a making me us both a human before you know. In, instead of the flying emails three months from now, when you know my organization screws something up, and so what I really try to get people to do is don't think about it politics. Think about it as partnerships. You know, is the alliterative, but you know, connections, partnerships. Now. Will there still be people playing a game you don't want to play or doing it in a way that's, you know, inauthentic? Yes. There will always be bad actors. But if you hold yourself back from the big jobs because of the fringe, because you think the job requirement is actually in the center and it's really what you hate is the fringe, it it, 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 it just makes me like that's those are the things that break my heart because then we don't get the good people in the big jobs. And then when everybody asks me, Aaron, why is like the workplace still sucky? I'm like, because we need to get the good people, the diverse people, the caring people, the good leaders in the big jobs. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. Man, I love, I love that. You know, as you say that, I look at it, um, you know, as I, I just had some conversations with people who who I lead, who want to promote and, and talk their career advancement. And, and I say, and, and, you know, in order for us to change whatever your version is, you view of corporate politics, you don't change it from the outside, you change it from the inside. You literally say, hey, I'm going to be the person, the buck's going to change here. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't play these rules. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care who, you know, or I, we, this is how I make my decisions. This is how I lead. It's not subjective. It's really crystal clear what, where, where our objectives are, what we're trying to do. So I love that. Now the, the, the concept of you do you wish and trying to, to elaborate these authentic superpowers, right. Uh, avoiding the, the sucky songs or using the human frameworks to advance. 
Now let's just, and, and I relate to a lot of these, Aaron, because I am in corporate leadership. I am in sales leadership. I, I have employees I've hired, I fired. I've told people, no, I'm not going to hire you when I really like them. I've told people, yes, I'm gonna hire them when I'm nervous. I mean, I've done all the mistakes you can make in sales leadership, but if someone isn't an official leader, they don't have that title or the role yet. Mm-hmm. Can this approach help them? Oh my God. Yes. Hell to the yes. In fact, I, when I wrote this book, this is not a leadership book. This is a human book. This is a person book. Will it help leaders? Hell yeah. I was a CEO of a thousand person company, right? That, that, but this is not a quote unquote management, quote unquote leadership book. In fact, the, the, you know, the, the people that most will benefit from this are those people that they're desiring that seat at the table, that voice. Maybe they're not, in, you know, don't have a team at all, or maybe they're, you know, how it is in your early in your career, you get like two people to manage, but you're just like, but I want to have the real seat at the table. Um, this is for everyone. One of the things that I talk about in spark. So spark is sort of another word for inspiration, right? It just happens to fit in humans. Um, and one thing I say all the time is inspiration is a circular reference. When I was the CEO of the company, yes, I, I reported up to an SVP within the larger enterprise. So I didn't, you know, I didn't report directly to a board. We all have bosses, right? Mm-hmm. 99.9%. And this is not any diss on any of the bosses I had, but the time I spent was with my team. I was great. 99.9% of the people that were inspiring me were quote unquote below me. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the, um, you know, one of the things that I had a big epiphany when I was, I actually do part of that turnaround, as you alluded to, or mentioned that, you know, employee engagement skyrocketed. So it was really a financial turnaround, but it was also a culture turnaround. And it's not a coincidence, right? To me, they're both need to happen. Um, I had this epiphany that I think is important to share. I share it as a leader, but then also as a message to non-leaders. When I got that job, you know, in my head, I thought, okay, my job is to be the inspiration energizer bunny, right? Like my job is, and I'm a great candidate for that, right? Like I can be really inspiring. So I'm just going to run around and inspire the shit out of people and we're going to crush it. And then a year into it, I got my employee survey results back, right? And you can just picture, I mean, I literally was like, I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into these. It's going to be amazing. And then I opened them up, like the quantitative numbers, barely moved. The qualitative comments, oh my God, I wanted to puke. And I was like, wait, but everybody's so happy. But the reality was, well, yeah, the people around me, my direct reports and maybe, you know, a couple of, but I had layers and layers of people. And so as we went through this cultural turnaround, my biggest epiphany, if you said, what was the biggest epiphany was your job as a leader isn't to inspire. Your job as a leader is actually to create what I call an inspiration platform. And what I mean by platform, it's actually not fancy at all. It means your job is to put in place the things that create the flywheels where everybody's inspiring everyone. And I think we might've talked about this on the first podcast, but I mean, it's super simple, stupid stuff. So for example, one of the things I started doing at my leadership meeting, weekly meeting, instead of diving right into all of the like problems, you know, the agenda as it was. We reserved 10 minutes every week in the 90 minute meeting. My executive assistant thought I was not. She's like, I'm supposed to put this on the agenda every week. And I was like, every week. And it was called slow down and inspire. And in those 10 minutes, it was an open share. 
And at first it was, you know, it was best practices. Oh, my leadership team, you know, my team started a book club, which was great. Right. Then everybody else was like, that's a great idea. I mean, it turned into like, I ran my first half marathon. My kid just got into the college. And what happened is that started inspiring. Of course, all those senior leaders on my staff started to do similar with their teams and their teams. And then next thing you know, I show up at things like operations meetings. We have these nine, we had these nine o'clock standing calls that were run by somebody, you know, three, three levels below me. And they're like, oh, we're going to call this motivational Monday now. And we're going to do fun Friday. And like, it was just this constant inspiration. And so back to, to your earlier point, if, if I could drill, yeah, I like to drill a lot of things in people's head, but inspiration does not come from the top down. It's a circle. It's a circle. And, you know, I even say this very emphatically in the TED talk, like, do not give me the excuse that the leader above you is not authentic. Like you're waiting for it to come top down because they're humans too. And they can inspire, be inspired. And there's a lot of inauthentic, a-hole kind of humans that can be reformed. They just haven't been inspired. And there's no reason you have to wait for some grand poobah to do that. You know, yes, yes. And yes, the, the, inspiration that I've experienced in my corporate career of corporate leadership, it rarely comes from the top. I'm, as I'm saying it right now, and I don't, and I've had some amazing sales leaders who, who have helped me, who have motivated me. But when you pivot, right, or you get into the quote unquote world of leadership or management, my inspiration, even right now, today, during this pandemic comes from my team. It's never, it's not my VP, it's not the president, it's not, it's not these QBRs or these conference calls with the big wigs. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't give a shit. The people who I talk to on a daily basis, the people that I spend time with, that is truly inspiration because they're being themselves. They're 100% authentic with me the entire time. They tell me their story. They tell me their goals. They tell me what they're trying to accomplish. And it's inspiring to know that we're working together to help you hit your goals. We're working together to help you grow. And so I love, I love hearing and, and, and just framing it. It doesn't come from top down. It's a circular, I yeah, I can just call it a circle of inspiration, really. I mean, I don't know. I can't think of a, you, you had a framework. What did you call it? Circular reference, which is a little bit residual from my math days. You know, a failed actuarial person um, and circular references, you know, in, in Excel, when you program something that, that doesn't work and goes in a circle, but yeah. And, and the one thing, and I'm sure you do this, but if you're, if you're human, you don't do it enough and neither do I, the most powerful thing is to make sure you tell them that they inspire you because that is true enablement, right? So they might inspire you, but again, back to your earlier question, they, they, they don't think they necessarily inspire you. They think they're sort of, they're out for their own or they're, you know, they're inspiring. Maybe if they have teams under them and that's the thing we have to remember is to always circle back and tell people when they've, when they've inspired us. You know, Aaron, I, I will take that as a challenge. Cause you're right. I haven't shared with people on my team that they inspire me enough. I, uh, yeah, I do need to, I do need to do that. I always, I try to at least once a quarter or when, and sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm only w with these people sometimes face to face once a quarter, but I always ask the same question. Talk to me about your job satisfaction. And I get the same response every time. You want to be honest? Yeah, man, I'm not asking you to lie to me. Tell me the truth. And it always creates an open dialogue for an engagement. But I guess I should tell people every time I have that conversation with somebody, um, sometimes they're good conversations, sometimes they're challenging. I leave those conversations inspired and motivated because I'm like, okay, you literally just told me 
the problems you're experiencing. I'm going to figure out how to, I'm going to go figure out how to make this work for you. I might not be able to do it tomorrow. Might not be able to do it next week, but I'm not going to let it fall off my radar. So to hear you say that, yeah, tell people. And it's not just employees. Yeah. Just a quick story, right? You know, I talk about these moments in our lives, these, these puffs of inspiration. And, you know, a lot of times I'll tell this story about how I ended up in healthcare. You know, I was in college, dropped out of engineering, still taking math classes, kind of lost in what I was going to do. And my roommate came home. She was a year older. She was in the business school and she was so excited. And she said, Aaron, I, I'm so excited. I found the career for you. It's high pay, low stress. You just have to be good at math. You're the only person I know that's good at math called Naturally. Right? Now there's a whole story, you know, and that's what perpetuated me to come out to Connecticut, start working for Aetna, et cetera, et cetera. But what I start, you know, sort of realized in the last couple of years, especially as I started to tell my story more, was if Amy wouldn't have come home that day, with some compassion for me finding my way and hadn't shared that. It seems stupid, right? But hadn't shared that. I literally, and this is pre-Google, right? I didn't know what an actuary was. Like I didn't, you know, I, I was only finding jobs based on the catalog of my university. <laughs> I never would have come out to Connecticut. And if I never would have come out to Connecticut, I never would have met my husband. And if I never would have met my husband, I never would have had my children. And and I've even told this story to to my my kids, which, you know, and especially my little guy, Mick, he's just like, you know, right. This, this concept of that, like, I might not be here or at least here with you. And I, she's a friend that I lost touch with for many, many years. And a couple of years ago, it was like, the, it was actually right before I retired. It was my last business trip um, for the, for the company. And I flew down to Florida and I never do this, but for whatever reason I put on Facebook, you know, you can put like flying from Connecticut down to West Palm beach. And she saw it. Well, I forgot she lives down. She lived like, you know, 25 minutes from where I was going. And so, you know, I hadn't seen her forever. And she said, you want to grab dinner? And so we did. And that night I said, Amy, you know, and I, I can barely tell the story without like getting choked up. Like, I know you probably don't remember it, but you came home one day and you, know, you, t- you told me this. And if you wouldn't have like everything I have, wouldn't not be here. I'm convinced of that. And so, you know, it's, it's also important. It's not just your employees, it's not, it's not up and down, it's sideways and all around. And I think, um, once we can hear from people that we are not just making them happy or giving them good information or doing things, but we actually inspire them that we spark them to change. It's, it really, it enables and empowers them beyond words. Oh, I, you know, I think about who's in my circle of influence or who just I interact with and to, you know, that inspiration comes from everybody and to sharing with people really is probably something that I know I need to do a better job of. I'm sure some of my listeners are saying, yeah, I probably should let somebody know you've inspired me. Um, it, it, it's, it's just, it's a growth. It, it, you both grow in that point in time. So I love that. You did it, And you did it. Sorry. You did it for me. So like, let's practice here. I'm going to give it back to you. The way I met Anthony was, you know, a year plus ago, we're part of this group together. And I posted an article I've written in Business Insider. And not only did Anthony read it, but he was moved by it. And he took the time to come back to me and tell me, like, very sincerely, like, how much that article moved. And and then what does that do? You write that to me, right? The circle just keeps going. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to keep doing what I'm doing because it impacted Anthony, right? And it gives me the jet fuel. So... Thank you for doing that. And you are, you know, you are practicing it. I bet more than you know. 
I, I appreciate you sharing that. And that article, we definitely we talked about on the first one. Uh, I, I still have the article here on my desk. I, it, I appreciate that. Um, so, Aaron, this we, we have about you know, a few minutes here. Let's one thing that's hard to bypass right now. You're launching a book on authentic superpowers, helping people advance in their career. How is this pandemic going to change that in the workplace? I mean, there, this, this is like a, a multi-billion dollar question right now. How's this changing? So here's the way I see it. I think there's been no greater tailwind for authenticity in the workplace than the pandemic, right? And, and you know, the very common examples would be, you know, the hoodies on the executives on the zoom calls, right. And the, you know, the TV hosts with their kids running around the room and, and some of that. What I fear though, if we don't again, purposely and strategically, we're going to, we all want to come out of this pandemic with the end, right? Like we want to shed the bad of it. We want to keep the good and, and then grab the good, right. We want to curate this new quote unquote normal and, you know, I actually think that we have a tailwind. We have this velocity. We, ha I mean, if you look at um, Kamala Harris, you know, one of the things I talk about, you know, of course she was huge limelight in this whole election, right? Pre-election, post-election. And a lot of what's talked about, rightfully so, first woman, first, you know, black woman, first Southeast, a you know, a Asian woman, all rightfully so. But I, of course, I have a different lens, right? So my glasses are a little bit, you know, focused, but I think all of that, but I think the real reason or one of the biggest reasons people are, is she's been so authentic, right? You look at the, the, the video of her on the golf course when they found out, you know, her and Joe won or her in the, uh, the Converse sneakers, um, her interview a couple of weeks ago, if you want to see authenticity in action, she was on um, 60 Minutes with her husband one of their first interviews and she like surprised them. You know, they talked about them dating and told some stories. And I think, um, I think you're seeing it. You saw it, Jacinda Ardern. She's the prime minister of New Zealand and they were big in the news because they controlled COVID like no other. I mean, granted it's an Island and it's smaller, right. But on a normalized basis, they had some of the best results. And if you dive into, she was doing Facebook lives in a hood, you know, in a old sweatshirt, taking questions, you know, she wasn't just tweeting out, she was doing these unexpected things. She was connecting in a way that people had never seen. And so I think we've got a tailwind, but if we don't wake up and actually aren't conscious about it, like, I just don't want to lose that when we, you know, head back to post pandemic. Uh, I, I love, I love the analogies. I love the examples. As you're saying that I think about some of the some of the corporate meetings I get on and I see, and I, and I, and I would say, I'm going to say it on here and I would tell them when I see them in person, but when I see people in the sport coat and blazers <laughs> decked out on zoom calls, I'm like, you have to be kidding me. I mean, right. let's, let's just be honest guys. You, 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 come on now. Are we really wearing this for the eight hours or 10 hours you're working from your home office? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in Lululemon search. Right, right on cue, right on cue, right? Then as my 12-year-old comes in, right, right on cue, right? We, yeah. we, yeah, we are like, we're just all human. And my 12-year-old apparently needs to plug in her phone in the middle of my podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But we are all human. We all have to grow, and and you get into that position of of being authentic. And I think the tailwinds from the pandemic allow us to say, hey we've all been affected by this equally. 
this has impacted us all the same. I mean, I've been on calls with customers. I'm like, hey, I apologize. My dog barks. It means he has to pee. I don't know how else to tell you. I'm homo. Yeah, that's, I or, might have or to hang Amazon's here for the third time today. What if it was yes. Nice? <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, the Amazon doorbell chime. My, my, my doorbell chimes every time someone comes. And I'm like, man, I just... I know it. I know who's coming. So good. Well, Aaron, man, I I appreciate you being on the show and coming back and 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 spending some time with us. You do you ish. Unleash your authentic superpowers to get the career you deserve. Uh, Aaron, you are one of the most authentic people I've met, and I love everything about this. How does somebody get a hold of this book? When is the book? Uh, I believe it's actually came out already. So tell us, how do we get this book out? Yeah, so based on when this is going to air, it's out on Amazon. So you can just, uh, you can either just search Amazon for you do you ish, um, which is crazy. And, or you can come to my website, which is the authentic It's just the letter B, um, authentic And of course I'll have, you know, stuff on the book that will take you where you need to go. I also have, um, corporate sales. So I will continue to have bulk order, opportunities. The good news is I have a partner that um, for groups that ordered more than 25, I, we can actually ship them right out to individual homes, right? Because nobody nobody wants a box of 100 books <laughs> in their home office right now, right? Like that's just not how we're rolling these days. So we also have um, bulk sales. So for example, we have one sales team that's buying 350 for their entire sales organization. And the good news is we're, we're shipping them right out to individuals' homes. So you can find all that on BeAuthenticInc.com. Uh, or check it out on Amazon. And then on the socials, you can find me on Instagram at Aaron Hatsakastis, if you can spell it, and uh, Aaron Hatsakastis on LinkedIn as well. The good news, unlike poor Anthony, I am the only Aaron Hatsakastis in the entire world. Uh, so if you can get my spelling right, uh, you can you can probably find me pretty easily. Yeah, yes, Aaron, you have the uniqueness. Hatsakastis, H-A-T-Z-I-K-O-S. T-A-S. You'll have that link in the show notes, so we'll be sure to connect you with all of that. But do me a favor, Catapulting Commissions family. This is the year we're growing. This is the year we're developing. You do you-ish. Unleashing your authentic superpowers. Go get the book. It's worth the investment. It's worth the time to read. The truth is the world of leadership is going to change dramatically from this pandemic, either by force or by choice. And I couldn't think of a better person that's leading that charge with an authentic approach than Aaron. Aaron, thank you for joining the Catapulting Commission's podcast. You're welcome. It's so good to see you, Anthony. Likewise. Catapulting Commission's family, do me that favor. Go follow and connect with Aaron. Like, subscribe, leave some comments on the show. I will see you next week. catapulting commissions family that does it for today's episode if you found some value please be sure to head over to itunes and leave a five-star rating don't forget to subscribe that way you're notified of new episodes if you want to see the video portion of this podcast head over to youtube and look up catapulting commissions podcast finally if you want a free copy of catapulting commissions be sure to text the word hello to 661-228-8967 Again, text the word hello to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.